0: If you're to level up in fitness, nutrition and mindset and become the absolute best version of yourself as a man, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Muscle Building Secrets Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed that new intro thought that thought I'd spice things up a little bit so guys today's guest is jordan so i met jordan in a, gr- in a group chat with my mentor and coach jason phillips and some other guys in there and when jordan told the story man i was like this guy just has an absolute amazing story i have to get him on the podcast he's not all around awesome dude and yeah today we went off so we basically went off the cuff today guys it's first time uh, I went off the cuff and you know you're, normally I do podcasts with uh, some sort of topics we're going to focus on and an idea of what the podcast is going to look like but today was just off the cuff and I ended up being the most am- amazing podcast I've done so far so just absolute amazing chat with Jordan, went over kettlebells, um, had some fun with uh, talking about martial arts our own our past martial arts experiences and i was actually surprised to see that jordan um did some martial arts because he's actually a pretty big dude so you wouldn't expect that when you see someone like him um and yeah we went off kettlebell training how to kind of uh, uh, what 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 exercises are, are actually the most effective with kettlebells and are kettlebells actually effective for aesthetics and um strength Because most people think they're actually just only for, you know, um, functional movements. But kettlebells are actually super great as a novelty movement and for strength and aesthetics. So yeah, I think you guys will be surprised by today's conversation and you will really enjoy it. So without further ado, guys, let's get into it. If you enjoy today's conversation, then make sure you go follow Jordan at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club on Instagram. And I'll leave all the all where on where to find them all the links and stuff in the description below all right let's get into it there we go man so how you been anyway how's your uh how's your morning i'm
1: well man yeah my morning uh busy as always but uh good i have i have i have no complaints man life is life is good you know considering all the craziness in the world right now like my kids are healthy, my <laughs> wife is healthy, you know, uh, so I'm healthy, yeah. uh, you know, thus far, you know, knock on wood, uh, haven't gotten COVID or anything, so, you know, uh, it's a bit of a struggle, but, uh, yeah, you know, my, all, all things considered, I think I'm pretty well.
0: Good shit, man. You got access to a gym right now?
1: Uh, well it's right there behind me um through that door through that door i have i have uh, a bike and i have a few kettlebells and then up in my garage uh i have you know 22 more kettlebells and a barbell and you know all my weights so i have a i have my gym set up for a garage gym and i've got my my little utility room here when it gets too cold here because I'm in Minnesota in in, in the U.S. So uh, right now it's like uh, 12, 13 degrees Fahrenheit and we're getting snow and it's gonna drop down to below zero for the next uh, for the next like week. So I, when it gets that cold, I'll I'll wuss out mm-hmm. a little bit and I'll go into my utility room for a few hours. <laughs> but you know, I've I've got the I've got weights from all the way down to you know as, as light as eight mm-hmm. kilos, four kilos, all the way up to. Double thirty-two kilo kettlebells, so I got uh, I got plenty of. Uh I got plenty of uh, of weights to, to get something in. I, I've been working out. I've been working out from home, uh, you know, for better better part of the. I mean, since since quarantine for sure. But even before that, I, I trained largely from home most of the time. I still would go to you know a CrossFit box or whatever to do squats and deadlifts, and sometimes teach a class. But uh, you know, I'm used to working out by myself in my little <laughs> in my little <laughs> my little courage corner or closet. You know, whatever whatever you want to call it, right? So yeah, I'm no, that's actually, cool. That's dude. Good, yeah. Uh, you were you were just looking at getting some bells right
0: yeah so i've ordered some ordered two 24 kg and a 12 kg i didn't i didn't want to you know like bust the whole budget and like one grand gem and you know that kind of stuff i was like gems are probably going to open up around mid february so i'll just get something to can i get back into it and then if gems close again then at least i have some sort of weights so you know yeah maintain. you got enough to get the job done
1: there because you got your heavy yeah. one for your swings and squats and deadlifts and then you got your your lighter one for overhead stuff and flows
0: and you know anything like that exactly so, that's yeah. exactly what i was thinking man because like you know overhead press stuff like that as well with the heavy 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 um kettlebells you can even do a bit of bodybuilding stuff like rows, okay. um cool. you know Bulgarian split squats uh, lunges, stuff like that. That's what, kind of what was going through my head. Yeah. And I've got a small one if I want to do like, you know, lateral raises, some curls, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it, ultimately, it's just an implement. I mean, it's just a chunk of steel or a chunk yeah. of iron with a handle on it, right? So just like That's a barbell great. or a dumbbell, right? So long as you, so long as you use it intelligently, like you can use it for any goal. Like, I always find it funny when when uh, people are like, oh, you can't build muscle with with kettlebells, right? And I'm like, like, bro do you understand like the type of volume that i put into a normal session like my yeah. my most recent jerk session i did over 200 jerks with double 20 kgs and so i you know what that's over that's over 4 i did over 4500 kilograms lifted right that's in that, a lot. you know in that it, it just in that in that session, right? So like or actually sorry, over 8000 kilos because yeah, dull, So, you know, like it's 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 ridiculous, right? Like you can mm-hmm. put up a ton of volume. So, you know uh, You're you're gonna be able to build plenty of muscle if that's your goal yeah. It really comes down to intention and how do you design your program and you know mm-hmm. progressive overload is progressive overload
0: Yeah, a big reason for me kettlebells was just the novelty because I'm always training with like barbells dumbbells and that sort of stuff and i know i can get like a novelty aspect or to my training if i add the dumbbells as well, devil's dumbbells the way if you you don't you don't have to hold them as if they're hanging off your hand yeah. you yeah. can hold it as if it's just on top of your hand and I can add that stability aspect say if you yep. do like a kettlebell bottom up, bottom up press like to 12 kg kettlebell bottom up press that yeah. is hard <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Because that thing wants to flip over. It's that center of yeah. gravity, like you're talking about, right? If you know with the dumbbell, it's e- the center of gravity is evenly distributed across your hand, so it's it's fairly stable and it's consistent. But with the with the kettlebell, the center of gravity is is like uh, towards the bottom of the bell. So if you hold it bottom up, it wants to flip over, right? So you got to create yeah. like you get that forearm engagement to hold that thing from flipping over, right? And then if you put it bottom down, it's it's easier to it's easier to control. But then you get the the dynamic, you know resistance a little bit going where it wants to swing so it's you know it is it is it's definitely a different implement which is which is nice because you can do different things with it but uh it's still it's still an implement you know yeah so
0: it's the added aspects like that like stability you can take like a 300 pound bodybuilder and you can put like a dumbbell on his hand, 12 kg or something, and he will just feel weak. He's like, "What is going on?" Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. As my as my my friend David Kean uh, would say, "I'll have you shaking like a shitting dog in in, in two <laughs> minutes flat." <laughs> you know, he, he just had me doing like yoga stuff, like not even with the, not even with a bell, mm-hmm. just like straight up yoga stuff, and you know, working on like like my internal, and external hip rotation and like flexibility and range of motion stuff. And I was like, "I'm just pouring sweat, like you know, that yeah. guy because." Because it's it's not it's different demand than what I'm used to, and uh, you know it's absolutely it's one of those things like uh, you you change up you 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 the body adapts so well to the demands that you place on it, and then when you give yeah. it something new, it's like, whoa, <laughs> what is this? This is so this is so different. So even lightweight can feel uh, can feel very very challenging.
0: That's exactly my thoughts behind it. When the gym is not open, at least I have that novelty there that my body has something new to adapt to and I'm still progressing. Yeah, but yeah and man, they don't was, take up as much
1: space, which is nice too, right? You can yeah,
0: exactly. You can just put them over in the corner, whereas,
1: you know, barbell, barbell and a, and a stack of <laughs> can, can, uh, can eat up your, your room pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I have no room anywhere. Like, that's exactly why I'm well, getting killed. comes at a
1: premium in the UK, man. You guys are in Ireland
0: so you know, it, it ain't exactly... No, I'm in uh, like, uh, Scotland. Basically. Oh, you're in Scotland. I'm
1: sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So no it's the, the the UK, my, my bad. <laughs> I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to call you english that so that's uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> no dude people like mistake me all the time because i've moved about like to england and scotland and so my accent is not like pure scottish it's kind of yeah. mixed yeah so yeah i was i was
1: i was that. having a i was having a hard hard time placing exactly what it was but now that you say that you're in scotland it makes it makes it makes more sense but uh, yeah. i'm i'm a like you know a, a euro mutt is you know the only thing I can really describe my ethnicity but like it's, it's funny because we thought on my uh, one side of my family on my dad uh, on my dad's side we thought we were we thought we were like basically Irish on that side of the family and then my parents went to Dublin for their 25th wedding anniversary and my dad prior to that was like doing some digging into the genealogy and stuff and uh, him and his him and his uh, his relatives and one of his cousins they found out that we're like we're're we're, we're Irish we're Welsh, we're, we've got some Scottish, right? Really. It's like, oh, actually we're not nearly as, we're not nearly as Irish as we, as we thought we were.
0: We're yeah.
1: a little, anything, anything within the, uh, within the kingdom, um, you know, was, was make, was mixed in there. And then some German, you know, like Prussian German, you know, thrown in there too. So all sorts of, all sorts of stuff when we actually dug into it.
0: That's insane, man. I've never looked into that from, a, from my own family, yeah, but probably be interesting. Well, yeah man uh let's get into kind of yourself and h- how did you actually get into like kettlebell training or just like lifting in general
1: yeah yeah well lifting in general so lifting in general i i started lifting weights when i was actually fairly young um you know so for for me fairly young that would be like i started lifting weights like intentionally to get stronger when i was like in fifth. Yeah, fourth, fifth grade. So like, you know, we're talking like as a ten-year-old, right? You know, um, yeah. because I play, I grew up playing American football, um, but I was also a chubby kid. I was a short, chubby kid. I was a, I was as wide as I was tall for for the long for the longest time. So I got made fun of quite a bit. Like I got I got picked on. I got teased. I was a decent athlete, but I still got teased for being a short, chubby kid. You know, uh, and and so I started lifting weights when I was relatively young, um, and then you know getting into into high school, um, I was. Still still like at that point I was I think going into like my freshman year I was I was like 200, 200 pounds and like five foot nothing like I was you know short and wide and I got I got made fun of all the time just for being for being a fat kid and so i kind of made the decision like okay if i'm gonna be big and i'm gonna be fat like i'm gonna be fat and i'm gonna be strong like i'm gonna be that i'm gonna be that kid that, that's really really strong <laughs> uh, and so so like uh I, I started lifting i started lifting weights real real hard um it, you know starting my freshman year freshman year of high school and that was mostly you know powerlifting stuff but, you know like powerlifting and power and olympic lifting so you did know, you
0: really have a, did you have an inspiration like someone that you looked up to
1: uh well this is back this is back in the glory days of the WWE, All right. So like the rock was my the rock was my guy, man. Like that was <laughs> I wanted to be I wanted to be Dwayne Johnson, right? Like that was that was my guy. Like he's still he's still my still my hero. Like you know, you can't you can't look at the rock and, and be like uh you know I don't want to look like that. So yeah. you know. Um he was he was kind of my he was kind of my hero as far as like aesthetically who I who I wanted to look like. Um but you know from a performance standpoint, like I just wanted i just wanted to be like herschel walker was my my favorite nfl football player when i was growing up and uh you know he, all he did was push-ups and sit-ups but like but he was also a genetic freak so you kind of have to set him aside but mm-hmm. you know it was it was funny then in like i i went from being this you know this tall and this wide to then between my sophomore and junior year i grew six inches in six months um, and went from and went from 200 200 pounds to 250. Um, and then I kept lift, and then I kept lifting weights um, and, and then I grew another another six inches in, in the next nine months. So like I had like really fast growth spurt, paused for like a month. my body like gave me a one month break you know and then I just kept growing. And so like within the span within the span of like uh, 14 months, I grew over a foot. And went from being 200 pound, 200 pounds and fat, and 260 pounds and mo- and mostly muscle. Like at, at my, by the time I went to college, um, by the end of my senior year, I was like six 265 pounds. I could I could squat almost 500 pounds. I could bench press almost 400 pounds, and I could bust out like 18 bodyweight pull-ups. And I ran. I ran relatively fast, even for that size. So I ended up getting a football scholarship to a to a small, you know, smallish uh, religious school, you know, a couple hours from my house. But it was it was a big deal for me because uh, I a I had worked my butt off for that. I broke all of my high school's weightlifting records, um, and like I had this goal that I was gonna be I was gonna be a monster. Like that was my plan. Like I was gonna turn myself into a monster, and I I, I somewhat succeeded in that in that aim. Uh, to to turn myself into something of a of a freak, but I also did it at the cost of just destroying my body. (laughs) I didn't. I wish I knew now, or I wish I knew then what I knew now about Mm -hmm. like intelligent training methods and everything, because uh, I definitely pattern overloaded myself. I squatted too much. I you know I did the same movements way too much. I didn't do enough, uh, like just like rows, for example. I bench pressed a ton. And I, I would do pull-ups because I cared about my pull-ups, but I didn't do any horizontal rows, like hardly at all. Like didn't really care about that because it wasn't, it was just wasn't on my radar. So I'm sure, I'm sure I ended up, you know, putting my shoulder into a not great, uh, you know, muscular imbalance. I ended up tearing up my shoulder my freshman year of college. Um, you know, so a lot, a of, lot of things. But uh, that's really how I ended up getting into into training was was really because I felt like I was a fat kid, and I decided I will if I was going to be big, I was going to be really big. I was going to be strong, I wasn't just going to be a big dude. Fat. That's
0: that's strong, man. Like that many pull ups. What was it yeah, again eight? yeah
1: yeah yeah i could eat I, I could do 18 bodyweight pull-ups at 260 pounds by the time nice. I, by the time i went to my freshman year of college i started so cool, i started bro. off only being able to do like you know four or five and then i really focused on being able to do bodyweight pull-ups in addition to all the other stuff and since since i could already deadlift fairly heavily like i had a good baseline of strength it was just skill acquisition and and, and learning how to do pull-ups um, yeah. and they weren't like dead hang pull-ups but it was like it was one of the things that we were going to be tested on, uh, as, yep. as football players, our, our strength and conditioning coach, like gave us, he told us like, here's the things you're going to be tested on when you come for day one of training to make sure that you're in shape. And one of them was how many body weight pull-ups could you do? And I, I was the, the best alignment on the team for, for body weight pull-ups at, at 18. So, you know, but nice, a lot man. of those guys were over 300 pounds though too. So that, <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were bigger than me, but, uh. I worked hard at it so yeah i felt i felt like it was a i felt like i was a pretty good that was probably the peak of like my athletic ability i was going into freshman year of college uh because that was before all the the injuries piled up because playing offensive line in american football is very very hard on your body so i ended up yeah i had my, my left shoulder i destroyed my left shoulder in my freshman year and, and i ended up having that surgically reconstructed and then my next season i almost completely tore my left hamstring i did like an 80 percent complete tear of my left hamstring so then that happened and then i, I had two knee surgeries and elbow hyper hyper extensions. like i'm just a list of, a laundry <laughs> list of, of injuries you know? so don't don't let your kids play football as the, or at least american football so you know stick to, uh-huh. stick to soccer <laughs> i'm just a laundry list of of old football injuries but
0: uh, yeah, yeah we got we got rugby over here but they i don't played have, rugby too uh, yeah
1: I was I was a loose head prop. Uh, I, so that that was my last two years. My last two years of college, the rugby team recruited me. I I, I had been doing track and field uh, in the spring. I had been throwing heavy implements, you know. So if uh, if conventional weaponry failed, I could throw a rock at you, or I could throw a spear. <laughs> or, or, you know, I, I got I was doing that um, and. I was only okay at it, uh, so so I was doing that, and the rugby team kept after me. They're like, "Dude, you should come play rugby. You'll have so much fun. It's so much more fun than just sitting around throwing things." I was like, "Yeah, but I don't want to get hurt for football. I've already got so many injuries. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to make it worse." You know? They're like, "Dude, come on, come on, come on, come on." They just kept after me, kept after me, and then what finally turned the car was I had been working. I'd been working so hard to get over over you know fifty feet, a fi- over a fifty foot throw on shot put. Um, and I was like, I was like this close. And um, a guy who I played football with, who was who was bigger and stronger and more talented than me, and a better athlete just naturally than me, he was like my nemesis. Like if I if I benched four fifty, he benched four seventy five. If I squatted five fifty, he squatted six. Like I could just never beat him at anything. <laughs> <laughs> he was just always better, a little bit better than me in everything. <laughs> and that's
0: that's great though. Like for pushing yourself, it's great. Yeah, having yeah. like that, was, right? You
1: know, and he's still my friend. Like and, and he was my nemesis, And he played directly across me on, on defense, right? He was on the other side of the, of, the, of the line against me. So we would go against each other in practice every day. And he was an All-American and I was barely all, like I never even made all conference. So he was just better than me at everything, right? Like, but he, he decided to come out for the, for the track and field team uh, our sophomore year of college. And I'd been, and, and he didn't come out at the start of the season. I'd already been, I'd already been practicing for like a month and a half, and I was like coming up to, i, I hit like 49 and a half feet on the on the shot put, which might have been good enough to get me like in the top five or six in our conference. And on day one of practice, this his guy's name was Scott. He shows up on day one of practice that he that he came to, and he throws the shot put like a foot past me. You know, he comes out on his first on his first full throw and throws it 50 and a half feet, and I'm just like. <laughs> I'm fucking, I'm going to play rugby. <laughs> like,
0: Super talented guy just came out right of nowhere. He was a, just a
1: great, He's a great athlete. He's, yeah. just more, he's blessed. Like he's he's a couple inches taller than me, and he's just a freak. He's strong and fat. You know, he's just a big, strong dude. Big, strong farm boy from southern Minnesota. You know, so he. Yeah, and he's a great great human being and nothing against scott it was just it just but i was just like fuck it i'm gonna go play rugby now yeah. <laughs> so I, I quit i quit the track and field team and went and played rugby for for two seasons and and uh, had a, had a blast and really learned uh learned the game of rugby and, and i like i fell in love with rugby i still i still love rugby it's such a such a great game it's a beautiful game like it's it's so fun and you know that what really they sold what they finally sold me on aside from scott coming and throwing the, the ball pass throwing the shot past me was they're like. You know in rugby you can score touchdowns right you can score tries in rugby like it doesn't matter how big you are like you get to carry the ball as a big guy and i was like sign me up yeah like yeah if i can if i can actually touch the ball and score and score sure i'm 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 in you know it was it was it was a lot of fun and i I had a lot to learn. The first time my first time on the pitch, I uh I just leveled a guy like it was American football. I didn't realize you had to like wrap up and like, yeah. so, so so I had a guy marked up and like as he was getting ready to catch as he was getting ready to catch a pass, I just like ran through him. <laughs> <And then> the, <laughs> the, the, the sir throws his hand up and he's like blue back 10 and I'm like I thought I just made this huge play because I created a turnover. I picked up the ball and I was t- taking off running. Like I thought I was. I thought I made this huge play and I was maybe going to get a chance to score or like set up a set up uh-huh. a score. No, we got whistle blue. We got. Bad. I was like, what? What did I? What did I do? And he's like, he's like, yeah, you know this. He's like, this isn't <laughs> American football. You can't. You can't do that. You have to yeah. wrap up. Like he's like, he's like, you can't just run through a guy's chest. Like I was like, I was like, oh, nobody. Nobody, nobody told me that <laughs> it's like, yeah, you, you have to wrap up. There's a, it's like, go, go talk to your coach. You need to learn, you need to learn how you have to tackle in rugby. So
0: would you say rugby kind of safer of a sport than American football? do to I that? Would,
1: yeah, I would. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was funny because the diff, the big difference is like, they're both brutal, right? You, you absolutely can, you absolutely can get your <laughs> shit rocked in rugby too. Like make no, make no mistake. You're not wearing pads. Like there's absolutely all sorts of things you can do, but the, but the difference is the helmets. Because in football, you're wearing a helmet and you're wearing shoulder pads, um, and because there's no rules preventing you from doing this, you basically turn yourself into a human projectile. There's no measured approach to tackling. Like, you are literally trying to hit someone as physically as hard as you can, deliver the most force possible. So you don't slow down. You try and run through someone. Like, that's literally what you're coached to do. Like, you run through them. and. If you smash into somebody going, you know, well, you know, if you're fast, you might be up to 20 miles per hour. You know, if you're slow like me, it might be 15 or 13, whatever, but there's still a lot of force behind that. Right? So you don't slow down at all. Well, in rugby, if you just run through someone full speed with no shoulder pads on, like you'll break your collarbone. (laughs) <laughs> like you, there's a measure of of self protection that happens because you don't have pads on and because there's rules in place saying like you have to wrap up you can't tackle high like there's they they have they have taken some of that out of it and and when you engage on a scrum like they say ready touch engage and so it's not like this smash into people you know the the one side doesn't know when the other side is going to go like here it is in american football so like there's it's just more measured and controlled contact so it's still obviously a contact sport but like a football game is literally putting yourself through a series of small car crashes over and over and over again because you're just doing it at you know 10 15 20 miles an hour and you do it 70 times you know and so at the end of a football game in college you know the next day after I got done playing a football game in college it wasn't uncommon for me to barely be able to get out of bed Like to barely to be able to move and this is at 20 years old like i was not an old man this is at 20 years old i was so sore from just having annihilated my body that i could barely get out of bed on the rugby pitch right yeah i'd be sore the next day but it'd be like where i got hurt or where i got hit and it would just be muscular soreness from running you know as many miles as you run in a rugby game you know so i would get sore but we would get up and go for a a mile jog as a team the next morning you know to run off the hangover, let's be honest, that's, you know, that was, that was part of it, but we would get up and go for a run the next day, and I was, like, I could do that, because I wasn't so sore, I couldn't move, so, and I I generally think rugby is safer than football, Um, you know, I have a young son who's, you know, turning, turning five here soon, I'm not sure that I'll let him play American football, to be frank, right, because as much as I love the game, um, I have a ton of residuals, I have a ton of consequences residual from that, you know, if he wants to play rugby, I'm all for it, like I think rugby is a great game. It teaches all the same things as football, the toughness, the discipline, the teamwork, you know, and I, I just feel like there's less, less long-term consequence to it because you're not yeah. smashing your, smashing your head into somebody over and over and over again. Uh, like you, like I did on for football.
0: I just think a sport, like as a general, like I, was, I did boxing myself and it was sort of the same thing. I think there's any sport like that just builds such great character. Um, yeah,
1: there's there's something to be said about being able to endure physical pain. Um, like that, it te- it does teach you mental toughness a- associated with that too, right? They're just they're just. I love I love boxing. Boxing's so hard like, from an
0: energy system. <laughs> yeah. Did it takes the, a certain
1: type of person to, to be willing to get hit in the face for fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, boxing boxing's is great. But yeah, I was I was never great at I was never great at boxing. I just did it as a, a hobby, you know, as a, as an aside. Because I was also I was a bouncer in college, so I figured I better learn how to I better learn yeah. how to, I better learn how to handle myself. So I, I did a few I did a few martial arts, boxing, boxing, kickboxing being my favorite
0: yeah boxing is definitely my favorite i think for yeah for me as well by the way in terms of the endurance aspect i remember the first day i went in on boxing i had like a bit of asthma from when oh, i was yeah. uh, in high school so the first day i went in the ring i kid you not 20 seconds first round i was out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. everyone's looking at me like oh this guy's already dead
1: did, did you did you ever, did you ever do uh, like muay thai kickboxing or anything
0: i didn't but um I've actually been really tempted again to jujitsu.
1: Yeah, jujitsu is awesome. Jujitsu is awesome. Yeah. So my 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 martial arts, mixed martial arts uh, adventures all involve me getting my ass kicked by other people, especially on my first day. But like <laughs> the first time I tried Muay Thai, it was um, I, I I went to just a, a place that I, I just a random place that my cousin recommended that he trained out of, and he told me like this Muay Thai instructor is awesome. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, we go, and the guy was a professional muay thai kickboxer in south in south korea i think it was and mm-hmm. and he was 169 and oh <laughs> but he was like he was like you know this tall yeah and he just like and he like he was literally less than half of me he was he was 100 like 135 pounds and i at this point was o- o- over 300 pounds and <laughs> just beat the living fuck out of me. <laughs> like it was just like he machine gunned me. He you know, was kicking uh, me, you know, just, but he was showing me like this is a very skilled thing. And it was it was embarrassing. Like uh, and I same kind of same kind of thing where I was like, we did I think I think we did five five uh one minute rounds yeah. with with one minute off in between, you know, working the stations, going between the different stations. And by station three, I was like, Ugh, uh, I think I'm gonna puke. <laughs> <You know? laughs> And then I got like a big hematoma on my shin from kicking, from kicking the bag and having no technique, you know? So like I got this big bruise on my shin and then they like pressed it out with the cold press to, to press the blood out of it. I about passed out. Like it was, it was. I think
0: that's just the great thing about it. Isn't it? That it's a skill based thing though. Like you can, it really breaks that mental barrier in your head. If you're that kind of person that thinks, you know, I'm not really good at anything, but then you go into a, a contact sport like that and then you build that skill and you get so good at it, it breaks that mental barrier. And you start to actually learn that if I put my mind to something and build the skill, I can be great at anything.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's it's just you do the, the, it's the process of skill acquisition for sure. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it's really, it's really, it's really fun that way. And I, I had a similar experience with jujitsu. The first time I tried jujitsu, it was, there was a guy, uh, there was a guy I was working at, at the gym with when I started getting into personal training who was A semi-professional mixed martial artist and he was just looking for someone in his weight division so at that time i was like 245 pounds and he was a heavyweight so he he fought at 225 and he was like oh will you come roll with me and i was like yeah sure i I like and i told him i was like i have no idea what i'm doing like i've literally never done jujitsu ever i was like i have no idea what i'm doing he's like no no it's fine i just need somebody that's my size so i can you know, so I can work on technique against somebody who's similar size and strength to me. I was like, okay. I was like, well, just, just warning you, I don't know what I'm doing at all. He's like, it's fine. I'm a brown belt. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and at the time I had, I had no idea how hard it was to get your brown belt in, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You know, and it was just him tapping me over and over and over. <laughs> like the first, it was just him, like, he would take my back. He would do, you know, he would do oh, whatever. Yeah. He would just And it was just one thing after another. And I was just like, okay tap kick, okay tap okay tap. like and we, we did this for like 15 minutes and finally my pride kicked in a little bit and i was like all right dude like i'm not even challenging you like can we stand up can we do something like i've at least like i at least know i'm competent on my feet i've done some boxing some kickboxing and he was like yeah sure and i was like oh god i just made a terrible mistake because he he was way too happy to get to his feet well it turns out not only was he a brown belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu he was also a golden gloves champion <laughs> um, and so, I put my brain bucket on and put my mouth mouth guard in. He did okay. not. He just wrapped up his hands and threw on his and threw on his 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 gloves. And I was like, I was like, you don't want any headgear. He's like, no, no, it's fine. If 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 you if you hit me, it'll be fine. And I was like, I was like, he just said if if I'm able to hit him. I was like, okay, this is this is gonna go. This is gonna go great. <laughs> so, so I started you know, I started, I started, I started boxing with him, and and I snuck a jab in and snap snapped him back real quick, and he was like, oh, "Okay, you you know what you're doing a little bit on your feet, you know." And then I, I threw another jab and he he parried and did a did a straight left right between the screws and snapped my head back, and I was like, "Okay," <laughs> you know, and then I kept kept going at him, kept going at him, and he did a like a Mike Tyson you know, walked in on me, ducking, ducking, (laughs) gave me, gave me a double, a double, right. So a hook to the body and a hook to the head and then followed it with an uppercut, a left uppercut between the screws. Mm -hmm. Because I had, I had just, I had just like stunned him before with a a hook that I caught him on. And it was one of those where he was like, it's like, Oh, okay. And so he, (laughs) and And I was like, snap my head back, seeing stars. And I'm like, Holy shit! Like I thought we were sparring, and I ended up in an actual uh-huh. fight here because <laughs> I was I was so clearly outmatched. Like it was just it was very very humbling. But he, like he was uh, again like I say, semi pro at the time. He was trying to get to the UFC. This is back before the UFC was really a big thing. But he was trying to get to the UFC. But he was he was too old. But he was really really good, and he just beat like he just beat my ass. <laughs> but it was yeah. it was fun. And then he was like he was like he's like oh this was so great, man. He's like do you want to do this regularly? I was like. I was like no lance i really don't feel like getting my ass kicked for an hour and a half like every week like, <laughs> like yeah. this was, this was, I'm, I'm glad this was fun for you but it was it was not the best time for me <laughs> but,
0: i had a big eye opener like that like um i should just spar all the time and every single sparring session we'd go all out just balls to the wall just, <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely all out and then i remember this one time so I, I was like a full six-hour day. I came in, did, the, did a sparring session, did about four hours of uh, like you kind know, of just practicing jabs and uh, a bit of weight training. Then did a second sparring session, went home, and then the next day I woke up. I experienced my first ever. I think it was punch drunk. It's called or something like that. <laughs> where I literally I woke up, and the, within the first ten seconds I vomited, and it was oh, like. Wow. I, I felt that sensation of just being punched. And I was yeah. like I think I overtrained <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I might have overdid it yesterday, just a bit. yeah.
1: I can't say I've ever been punch drunk. I, I I never I never stayed in a gym long enough to get punch drunk. I definitely yeah. got my I definitely got my ass handed to in by Lance though. Unless in those, in those in those sparrings, I did I did continue rolling with him on occasion, but it was like every just like every couple of months. But he nice thing is the the first one was the worst, and then he started teaching me some skills. So he started teaching me some jujitsu, started teaching me some boxing. You know, so I, so I got better, uh, and I could I could hold my own a little bit better. But it was still you know. Uh, yeah amateur amateur versus somebody who actually knew what
0: they were doing so how did uh how did like your sports background how did that lead into kettlebell training and uh you know that sort of stuff
1: yeah so the end of my the end of my college football career was uh you know somewhat tragic for me personally because i was i had played football for so long uh it had been almost 14 years that i had been playing you know full contact football uh and i was i was like in game eight of my senior year of college. So I, I only had, I only had two and a half more games to go and I herniated two discs in my back and, uh, I kept playing, I kept playing for, for a while. Um, and I, I would, uh, I, I, I tried to, I tried to just take a bunch of Vicodin, uh, to, to be able to continue playing. So I actually played for a couple of games with, with, uh, with a herniated disc in my back. Um, and I kept playing, but uh, then, then at one point I, I lost feeling in one of my legs and I was like not able to actually do the job anymore. So I took yeah. myself out at halftime of the eighth game of my senior year and was never able to play football again. And for me, that was like this huge devastating blow mentally because I'd played the game for so long and I didn't get to end it on my own terms. And I had no idea what to do with that like competitive outlet, you know, that competitive outlet mm-hmm. anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't compete at anything so I really, I went to this really dark place. I, you know, I, I drank too much. I, I, I mixed Vicodin and, and alcohol to way, you know, I was you know, <laughs> five years old, but that's yeah. a bad, you know, those are bad, bad decisions, but like, was yeah. is in a really bad place. And then I, I, uh, I ended up, Getting super, super fat. Um, graduated from college, um, got really fat because I was drinking, smoking, partying, acting like I acting like everything was fine, and I was not fine. I, I I didn't know what to do with myself. Working a high stress job, smoking half a pack of cigarettes a day, all that stuff. Um, and eventually, I decided I was going to get myself in shape for my wedding because I, I had proposed to my to my college girlfriend, um, and we were going to get married. And I was like, I'm not going to be fat at my wedding. Um, so I started train. I started training for that and started losing some weight. And then I got laid off from my job, um, which was a really big, which was a really, another really big blow for me uh, because I had just gotten promoted and I thought like I had changed departments and taken a promotion. And I thought this was going to be like my new career path. I was super excited about it. Got six months in and got laid off. So I was down about like 40 pounds or so at that point, but I, I needed to lose over a hundred pounds because at my fattest, I was probably around three hundred and seventy. Pounds, you know, so I I had
0: gotten really,
1: really, really fat. Um,
0: and what about uh, your wife? Did she stick with you? Well, you lost your girl and stuff,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, she's uh, as loyal as they come. She never, she never flinched. It was never a thing, like, even when I was fat and like, I see pictures that like of us back in the day, and I'm like, Mm. I'm like, good god, like, look at me. I'm this big, fat, sloppy dude, and she's like young and young and svelte and sexy, Mm. like, she still is now, and I'm like. I'm like, I I can't, uh, she's, it's crazy to me, but yeah, Yeah, she never, she never flinched, man. It was, she's great. She's, that's why she's a keeper, you know? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So it was was crazy. You know, and so at this time I was like, I had been working in a supplement shop as my part-time job. And then suddenly that became like my full-time job. And all I, all I had to do, I, I was like, you know, the guys from clerks, I was just sitting in the supplement store by myself for like, you know, 40 hours a week. So I started studying for my NASM, uh, my NASM uh, personal training certification, because all I had to do was work in a supplement store and work out. So I, I, I kept working out and I, I dropped another like 20, 30 pounds. So now I was down about 70 pounds. And then I, I, I ended up, uh, I ended up going and applying at Lifetime Fitness. Um, because apparently like one of the, one of the high up guys in, at Lifetime came into my supplement store. I didn't know who he was, but he came into my supplement store and was asking me for recommendations. And he was like, oh, this guy's actually semi-intelligent and he's not like, he's not like bullshitting me. So I, I he, he was like, you should come by, come by the gym for, for an interview. And he, cause he saw I was studying for the NASM for the NASM cause I had my stuff out and he was like, oh, you should come by. I was like, I was like, oh, where do you work? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, director of personal training for Lifetime Fitness. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so he said, me up with an interview and i went and took took a job at lifetime fitness and and i i was working working there and my boss introduced me to kettlebells there and um i i I got humbled again yeah this is just like story after story of me being you know (laughs) to me but um (laughs) you know he 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 showed me he showed me you know RKC style kettlebells, you know, with the the iron ones that are, you know, with the with the iron handles, and he showed me, you know, Turkish get ups and swings and stuff. And he, he had me doing every minute on the minute with, uh with 20 with the 24 kg. Um, and, you know, 30 seconds on 30 seconds off, basically every minute on the minute, and I made it to about like 20 minutes before I was like, ready to throw up. And I was like, Oh, this was super fun. I'm and he's like, you should he's like, you should totally get a certification in kettlebells, you know. And I was like, Okay, he's like the RKC is right here in in the Twin Cities. So I started looking into it. And I was like, Okay, this is kind of cool. But then while I was doing my research, I came across another guy whose name was Valeri Fedorenko. Valeri Fedorenko was one of the first champions of Russia in kettlebell sport. And he had just come to the US and was starting to teach people kettlebell sport. And I was like, what is this kettlebell sport thing? I had no fucking clue, never heard of it before. So I go down the YouTube rabbit hole and I'm like Googling kettlebell sport. Well, apparently this is like a competitive sport in Russia that started in the eighties. And it's lifting two kettlebells as many times as you can for time um, and one of the events is called long cycle. It's a clean and jerk. So you have two kettlebells in each, you know, a kettlebell in each hand, clean them to your chest and then jerk them overhead. And you do it as many times as you can unbroken in 10 minutes time. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. This, this is awesome. I'm gonna try this. And so I was like 10 minutes with double 24s is what they say the standard is for you know, amateurs, which is, I still can, you know, I wasn't so arrogant that I considered myself a pro or anything, but I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do double 24s um, and I'm gonna try this long cycle thing. Well, you're supposed to make it 10 minutes. And I made it to about six and a half minutes before I could no longer do another rep. I put the bells down. And then I had this, you know, you talk about the punch truck thing. It was like, I started getting the tunnel vision thing. And I was like, I was like, I'm going to throw up. And I was at the gym that I worked at, right So I'm like in my uniform like I you know, I'm like'm I'm like I can't let my clients see me throw up on the floor. <laughs> so I literally like sprinted out of the gym, out the back door of the gym, went outside and threw up because I was so over lactic threshold for so long that, that, I, that I, I needed to throw up and I, I threw up and laid on the ground of the parking lot uh, for a few minutes and then I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta get into this sport. So I had found now my sport, like, it's, and I was like, this is so cool. Like, this is an actual thing I can compete in. So I went and got it. I went and got a, a certification in, in kettlebell sport from Valeria Fedorenko. Um, and that was uh, 2000 and 2009 was my first time getting a kettlebell certification. And so it's been, yeah, it's been
0: it's been a while, 12 yeah.
1: Twelve years now um, since I got my first kettlebell certification, uh, and I started competing in kettlebell sport. Uh, seriously, competing. Like I, I try, I I kind of dabbled with it for a while, uh, but I was so focused on getting lighter that I didn't really go full in on on kettlebell sport f- for a few years. But I, I had the certification, and I would coach people in it. I was use, I would use it with my tr- with my clients as a as a methodology, but I wasn't like competing in it until. Uh, like six years ago, I started really competing in kettlebell sport, and now I'm I'm, like that's basically all I do for the most part. Like I'll still do other types of still do other types of training as, but it's all in support of of kettlebell sport. And so now I'm, I have a team of athletes uh, from across the U.S. and <clears throat> I think we're we're up to like 11 members now, and we've got uh, the the IKO World Championships here coming up in February. So I train like four to six days a week doing kettlebell sport, you know, in the, in the three different movements. So there's long cycle jerk and, uh, and snatch. Um, and it's like, it has, it has taken the place of my, uh, it's my sport now at which I, I've, I've come to realize like competition and being an athlete is something I need in my life. Like I need it. Like, like, like people need oxygen. Like if I don't have something to compete in, um, it, it, I, my self-destructive tendencies come out. It's
0: it's that. the daily driver, man. Yeah, it's the daily driver. Like when you get up, there's, you you kind of get two options. You can either go dominate the day, or you can just kind of you know fall into those bad habits. Yeah. I've noticed that with myself as well. Like when you have something important like that to you, and something that's driving you those bad habits just stay stay it's like like the
1: fight club right it's like fight club became the reason to cut your hair short it became the reason to trim your fingernail like it's that same thing it's like kettlebell sport became the reason to go for a run it became the reason to not to not drink the whole bottle of whiskey last Mm -hmm. night you know like it became the reason to to care about what i weighed and you know like it's kind of it's kind of become that thing for me where it's like you know like you said the daily driver when i wake up i'm like you know, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do this today. I got to get my food in because I got to make sure that I'm ready to train at 630 tonight. I got to make sure I've got enough carbs to fuel my workout. You know, uh, I need to get down a weight. I need to get down a weight class. I'm going to, I'm going to compete at two. I'm going to compete in the 230 pound weight class instead of 265. Cause there's this, there's a, a monster from Russia that I will never, ever, ever be able to compete with who's in the super heavyweight division. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like that's part of it. But even, even aside from that is you, you have to do fewer, the lighter you are, the fewer reps you have to you have to achieve to get, to get the higher rankings that you want. So I'm like, I, I need, I need to get lighter. So that's my, like, it's my, it's my daily focus. It's, it is my driver, right? That's what, that's yeah. what I, that's what I love. So yeah, absolutely. I love that. The, the day, the daily driver, that's, that's exactly what it is. I think about it <laughs> when I go to sleep at night. I think about it when I wake up in the morning, I think about it randomly. Like it's, I'm a bit obsessive about it. Uh-huh.
0: You know? So it's, I don't know what made me call it that, but when I think about like myself as well, like my boxing, and bodybuilding and stuff like that's i'm just like i'm thinking of this when i'm going to sleep I'm thinking of this when i wake up yeah it's basically my daily driver so yeah
1: is it bodybuilding for you or is it boxing is it is it the combination <sighs> us two?
0: it used it used to be boxing man so like i only boxed for like half a year um now it's just kind of off and on kind of thing because i enjoy it yeah, yeah. But I, I, before it was like i used to get bullied i felt really skinny and for some reason I wanted to learn how to fight before I get big. Mm. Um, so I was like 58 kg like featherweight. Yeah. Um, so like basically the smallest weight. Yeah. Weight bus. Um, the machine
1: gunners though, man, you those yeah. <laughs> can throw a thousand punches,
0: man. No, I'll t- tell you a story. So um, uh, there was this one time, so I realized I had reach. Like I have a super, I've got a super long arm. Um, so reach was one of my, you know, uh, advantages but my second advantage so we were practicing digs when you dig into someone's stomach um and you know i was one of these guys just practiced one thing each day for hours on end so and (laughs) so we practiced it we did a bit of practicing first and then we went to sparring i remember this there was this time where i just like did a super strong one and I basically like bruised the guy's stomach and sent him sent him to hospital. <laughs> but I didn't even I didn't even realize like how strong I was. And then my coach come my coach comes up to me and he goes, "There's only one. There's, there's one in every thousand people, they have great power, and you might be one of those people." And it's like it's like great saying in boxing, basically. Like you might be Mike Tyson because you you might have that crazy yeah. amount of power. And I was like. Really, <laughs> <laughs> but nah. Basically, like after five months or so, man, I just like got the discipline out of it that I wanted. I got the skill out of it that I wanted. I realized that I had really good self-defense now, and I could defend myself. Yeah. Um, after that, man, I was just like, "Yeah, time to get big. Let's yeah. yeah, go <laughs> bodybuilding." It's,
1: it's nice. It's nice to know. Like, uh, it's nice to know if thing, you know it's the old saying like it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war <laughs> right yep. it's it's that whole thing like it's nice to know that you're competent in a fight and if, if yep. things go down that you're not like i'm gonna get dominated right like i, I might get beat but i'm gonna i'm gonna make it hard on you <laughs> right yep. like you might you might beat me but i'm not gonna you see, i'm not you gonna see run away of, yeah
0: yeah you see plenty of big guys like bodybuilders that they're just like kind of muscle bound and they're you know they can't do anything they don't have to fight all
1: show no go yeah as we used to say in 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 the day like yeah the the guys that have the showy muscles but can't do anything with them yeah you know
0: if you're competent like in a martial art at all then reality is like you're probably going to beat 90 percent of people on the street yeah and yeah it's going to be those guys that are super competent or like actual professionals that are probably going to put you down
1: Well, and I saw I saw a guy similar size to you. What you were talking like, I saw a guy that was probably sixty-five kg. Um, uh, When I was I was I was a bouncer in downtown Chicago uh, at a big big nightclub, and it was you know it was a fun job when I was in college. But I, I saw a guy that was your size getting not bullied but harassed by a guy that was like my size who was six mm. one probably 300 pounds and this guy he was drunk and was just kind of being obnoxious and he was you know you know this guy he thought this guy was like cut in front of him to get a drink or something and the guy was like oh i'm sorry man here just, just you know and he stepped aside and was like here go go ahead and he put his hand on the guy's back to be like yeah go ahead step and i didn't mean to step in front of you and the guy's like did you just touch me and it was one of those kind of things <laughs> and, and and the guy was like gonna gonna fight the guy And as soon as it became clear to the smaller guy that this was going to be a fight, the guy raised like one hand like to here and he machine gunned him with like six punches, knocked the guy to the ground and then was in full mount and was ready to just like punch this guy into submission. By the time I got there and pulled him off of him, you know, um, I was like, you know. You know, so we separate. And I was like, I, I know the guy was going to throw a punch at you. Like, you're like, you just have to go. We're not calling the cops. We, you just got to go home. You know, and I was talking to talking to the guy while I'm waiting for a cab to, to get him, you know, and he wasn't even he wasn't even particularly drunk. But I was like, I was like, all right, I got to I got to ask, man. You know, I was like, I was like, what? What do you do? And he's like, he's like, well, I'm. He's like, I'm I'm a carpenter. I was like, no no no. What do you do for for training? Like, how did you learn? He's like, oh, he's like, yeah. I, it's like I, I I'm you know I'm a gold gloves guy. I I I, I box at Southside whatever you know like one of the one of the yeah. gyms you know. And I was like I was like okay yeah. So you know that's why I always tell people like I've seen enough fights being a bouncer at a big nightclub to know a there's no winners even the guy who wins a lot of time ends up going to jail um you know so even if you win you don't win um and b you never know who that other person is so it's usually Mm -hmm. just best to de-escalate because you never know when that guy that you think oh i've got 100 pounds on that guy i can beat the crap out of this guy oh that guy might be a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt or he might (laughs) be a gold gloves boxer or he or he might just have a knife in his pocket you just never know it's just like just you know be competent and be prepared to be able to defend yourself if necessary, but don't go looking for troubles because you just never know who that, who that little guy might be, right? Like that little guy might be able to, to hit you 10 times before you hit the ground, you know? So.
0: Yeah. It's just the confidence to defend yourself. Like that's, that's really the main thing that you get out of it. Like yeah. you don't even need to be like trying to pick fights. It's just the effort happens. Yeah. You, you you've got yourself covered yeah, yeah
1: it's good yeah it's good to it's good to know that it's the yeah it's the the, the peace of mind that so many americans buy with a gun
0: <laughs> yeah <It's>, yeah <laughs> we don't have guns here but yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's not yeah. A,
1: not a bad not a bad thing i I'm, uh-huh. I, I, I i am not a, i'm not a gun nut i'm not an anti-gun person i'm, I'm very much in the middle on that but i i, I do yeah. find it funny i do find it funny how quickly uh americans uh go to buy a gun
0: yeah i've not experienced it myself like i've I've never i've never shot a gun so there's not something i can really speak on but it looks fun
1: fun. it's fun shooting a gun is fun it goes bang and things happen it's it's It's, (laughs) it's, it's intrinsically rewarding i will say that
0: so Uh it is it's fun i get it i would probably like to go hunting like eventually someday
1: it, it, yeah, I, I'm a hunter. That is that is very that is very fun. There's there because there's an objective to it. There, I like target shooting too, right? That that's that's a lot of fun because it's the it's a skill, right? I think you would enjoy the skill acquisition component yep. of it. It requires focus and breathing control and and things like that. So it it definitely can be fun. But there's also no need. There's no need to have 37 guns and 5,000 rounds of ammunition in your basement because <laughs> I don't think the zombie apocalypse is actually going to happen.
0: Maybe one day we'll, we'll uh, shoot an RPG. Oh, there we go. That'd be fun. I, that
1: I've never done. That sounds
0: fun. <laughs> just blows up on yourself. Well, that was a fun <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, man, one thing I wanted to kind of ask as well, this is not just for myself, but for the guys listening that maybe are in the same mindset as me and they want to buy like kettlebells mm. for kind of working at home, what yeah. would you say are some of the Best exercises, like you can do with kettlebells, that everyone should kind of have in their program.
1: Yeah, so I'm. You're probably gonna hate this answer, but I'm always an it depends person, right? Um, it depends on what the goal is. Um, so if you're if you're just looking for for general fitness, right, and you want to improve your conditioning. Um, the, the, the basic movement right, is the the swing, the, the kettlebell swing, two hand or one hand, right? That's your, that is your meat and potatoes. Like you're going to, you're going to generate hip power. You're going to degenerate. You're going to work. I mean, you're going to work your cardiorespiratory system really, really hard, uh, but it, it helps with force generation. It's, it's a total body coordinated movement pattern. Um, so it's really, really good for that, right? Um, I think that's a, a great movement, but if you're looking to build strength, I love Turkish get ups I love your traditional, um, you know, just straight up press you know we were talking about the center of gravity thing right like and even if you do it where you've got your hand inserted into the bell because the bell is still the center of gravity is on the bottom and it's outside of your hand doing just a straight strict shoulder press where you're really controlling the tempo up and controlling the tempo down and increasing time under tension you know similar principle is what you do in bodybuilding right time under tension tempo control right a heavy load can be can be turned into a a really long time of contracting the muscle uh, or even a light load i mean you can turn that into a really long time contracting the muscle and that can be really good for focus strength development muscle development so i love turkish get-ups i love shoulder presses i love the swing if you start getting into the kettlebell sport movements i think the there is no more efficient movement in the world than double kettlebell long cycle like if 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 you told me I had to pick one movement, that's the only movement I can do for the rest of my life. And it's the one that I pick to stay in as good a shape as I can for as long as possible. It would be the double kettlebell clean and jerk that, that would, that would be it because if you do it with, with two 24 kilo bells, you're going to get plenty strong and you're going to, you're going to work your entire body in a very coordinated pattern. If you do it light with double 12s, you can do it for a long, long time and do a lot of reps, right? So either way you can, keep yourself fit with that with that movement yeah. so i yeah i'm a big i'm a big fan of that and then goblet squats i think is another great one because mm-hmm. you can keep the bell in front of you and it helps you get it helps you get good depth on your squat um and and the, the bell having the bell in front of you requires you to engage your core a lot for a lot of stabilization so if you can really control the descent down you'll get a ton of core engagement and then you explode up from the bottom in a, in a very rapid ascension you'll get that good squat uh, you know so that can help you pattern your squat and with with lighter load and with indirect loading so you're not loading your spine directly so it's a good Uh, Kind of supplemental training to improve your squat performance if you like to barbell squat or you want a barbell squat heavy But you need to take a break from loading your spine You know, like you just did a heavy squat day on Friday and you need to do something different on Monday Um, uh, You know a kettlebell goblet squat is a good way to, to work the movement pattern without such a huge load
0: yeah, um I think as well, especially with the bottom under press like a lot of these movements translate as well to becoming making you stronger at those barbell exercises because you've got that aspect of stability for example on the bottom under press if you're someone who tries to do a barbell overhead press and your hands are like shaking trying to getting good at something like uh, a bottom under press with a kettlebell and really mastering that stability that's gonna like that's gonna shoot up your um your barbell press and a lot of like professional power lifters that really get deep into it that's kind of a lot of the times, the difference maker from say maybe uh, that could be the difference of twenty kg over long term. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah you know? absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think you, you see a lot of guys now have really gotten into doing the the Turkish get-ups uh, as a as a supplement because it requires shoulder stabilization. For a long, for extended periods of time, because you're holding that bell overhead as you're getting as you're getting up from the floor, and that's another one that translates to not as not as directly to the pressing component of it, but but that stabilization component is going to allow you to press healthier, longer, right? You'll be able yep. to press more weight and stay safe pressing. You know, maybe maybe had I done Turkish get-ups, you know, back in the day, I wouldn't have needed my left shoulder reconstructed because I would have had the re- the required uh, strength to keep my shoulder in socket. <laughs> you know. It's, it's a it's another great uh you know supplement to to barbell training for sure
0: yeah that's true and um for me as well just like they're just so versatile maybe maybe you know some guys maybe they should buy uh dumbbells instead but I think just that novelty aspect that so many people don't experience is just is so. Powerful. Yeah, I mean,
1: I'm biased. You know, if it's if it's a binary choice between dumbbells or kettlebells, I'm going to choose kettlebells because you, <laughs> there are things you can do with kettlebells yeah. that you can't do with dumbbells. Yeah. But there's nothing that you can do with a dumbbell that you can't do with a kettlebell. Prove me wrong, <laughs> right? That's like, <laughs> you know, so you can do all of the dumbbell movements with a kettlebell, but that you can't do every kettlebell movement with a dumbbell. Mm-hmm. Right? There just you, there's just there's something that you can only do with kettlebells, So I'm, I'm biased. If it's binary choice, I would choose kettlebells, but I'm always like a, well, why choose, why not both? <laughs> right? Like, mm. I want dumbbells too.
0: That's true. I never thought of it that way. You can actually do every movement with yeah, a kettlebell pretty, that you can do though. Yeah.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. About it.
0: That's a good point. <laughs> so
1: I'm biased. But, like I said, I, I recognize that. I'll call that out. I know I'm biased.
0: Oh yeah, man. Um, so i think we i think we basically covered everything we wanted to today man i said we were going to do this 60 minutes and i respect your time so i'll I'll keep it to that but um, that. dude thanks for coming on today this was uh this was fun and um for the guys listening this is our first time or my first time ever doing a podcast where we don't like kind of have it over one specific topic. There's there was nothing planned today. It was nothing scripted.
1: All, all off the cuff, man. Just two, <laughs> just two guys having a chat. We we should have had yeah. a pint with it. man. I yeah, I mean, man, it's, it's, a early, it's a bit early for me, but it uh, wouldn't be the first time I've been drinking a beer at 1130.
0: But so. We could have called this like morning coffee or morning beer yeah. or something like that, but it's too early for me, man. It's like or too late for me. Rather, it's like six thirty p.m. So that wouldn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. But, yeah,
1: but thank you, man. I appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. It was a good, I was I very much enjoyed the chat. It was good chatting with
0: you. Uh, thank you too, man. Like, cause I, I didn't know if I was going to make my podcast like in a off the cuff, but I think this has been a great experience for me. And you maybe you realize this yourself that as we do pod, podcast more and more, I think I realized that a natural conversation is basically just off the cuff, you know, and that those yeah. are the best podcasts to kind of listen to Um, and kind of the most engaging
1: yeah i think i think so too and i it's like it allows the conversation to go wherever it's going to go right because the i can i can sit and talk about kettlebells all day and if if somebody's if the listeners are interested in kettlebells that's fantastic like i'm happy to talk about kettlebells right but there's probably a whole there's probably a whole portion of people that don't give a shit about kettlebells. Yeah, so, sure. you know but we could still we could still have a good conversation about you know training and underlying principles and all of those things and the mindset and all of the you know all the things that we that we you know kind of kind of got into so uh i i, I very much like unstructured off the cuff kind of conversations i feel like yes yeah. it's, it's more real it's more fun um hopefully the listeners enjoy it too
0: mm-hmm. all right guys i will put um jordan's always info and in the intro and in the show notes but yeah that's it for us guys peace out see you guys thanks